Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. If you want to stay relevant in the big bad world of show business, you've got to push the boundaries. You've got to make changes. You've got to reinvent yourself. Look at Cher. She's doing okay. With that in mind, I'm Sean Ferrick for Trek Culture, and here are 10 Star Trek episodes that completely ignored convention. Number 10, The Changing Face of Evil. If there was one thing that was certain in the various TV series of Star Trek is that the main ship is never destroyed permanently. There is always a failsafe or a last minute escape route for the famous crews. The Changing Face of Evil, a seventh season episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine, took this and used the audience's expectations to make the destruction of the USS Defiant truly shocking. Iris Stephen Bear, having already killed Jadzia Dax, understood the power of a crippling defeat against the good guys. So when the Federation heads to the Chintaka system to retake their own foothold into Cardassian space, he knew that a big loss would be the only way to convey the threat of the Dominion and their new allies, the Breen, to the audience. How many times had the show depicted the USS Defiant heading off to battle, taking beating after beating, surviving despite it all? Even Star Trek First Contact saw the Defiant survive the Battle of Sector 001, a deadly confrontation with the Borg that left dozens of other starships destroyed. So when the Breen strip her of all of her power with their first shot before the Jem'Hadar quickly finished the job, not one person watching the television saw it coming. Number 9. Shades of Grey Star Trek The Next Generation remains the only incarnation of the franchise to include a clip show. Judging by how Shades of Grey has been received over the years, that is a very, very good thing. To be fair, the second season of the series was interrupted by the Writers Guild strike, which meant they weren't able to write new scripts to finish out the year. So the producers felt they should do a clip show, something the franchise had never resorted to in the past. Star Trek is of course not the only show to attempt this, but a clip show is a gamble. They rarely advance the arc, they're often simply lazy and trying to work in a reason for their existence can be more problematic than the plot of the episodes themselves. The episode tries to use a framing device to give a reason for the various clips on show, but none of it really works. In the worst sense, it takes strong scenes from better episodes and retroactively makes those episodes worse by connecting them to this misfire. It truly would have been better to end the season one episode early. Number 8. Crisis Point Star Trek Lower Decks is both a self-aware parody of the franchise overall and a sweet love letter to Star Trek itself. Each episode is so full of easter eggs and nods to previous stories that it's a wonder the writers ever have a chance to write a plot to wind around them. However, wind they do, and each of the show's first ten episodes has their own self-contained story to enjoy. Crisis Point is the closest that the show comes to a slideshow presentation of the various depictions of Star Trek. There's even a credit sequence within the episode as well. Mariner uses the holodeck to create her own story, set in their 
own universe, even though it's clearly a rip-roaring ride through the greatest hits of the franchise. One of the most loving examples of the gentle ribbing it gives includes the over-the-top long shots, electrical discharge, and numerous lens flares as they pan past the USS Cerritos inside the Starbase. This, of course, is a reference to the Kelvin films, acknowledging the overuse of each of those tricks in the trilogy. The entire episode plays like the franchise turning to the fans, cheekily saying, we know, we know, and then warping away into more comedy. Number 7. The Vulcan Hello Battle of the Binary Stars the first two episodes of Star Trek Discovery served as a prequel to the main events of the series. They could easily have served as their own feature film, depicting Burnham's journey and fall before she ends up serving under Captain Gabriel Lorca. These episodes had a huge task. How to reawaken the franchise for television, display the new visual style, make the characters likeable, and close out this story in less than two hours. Arguably, the episodes succeed with excellence. The new aesthetic, love it or hate it, is still stunningly realised, adding a depth to space that Star Trek has, at times, floundered with before. Never before had Star Trek introduced the Captain, only to kill them off in the second episode. Likewise, never before had Star Trek made it clear that it was going to follow another member of the crew, the first officer in this case. Discovery's first season was a mixed bag when it came to the overall quality, though in terms of shaking the fanbase up, the Vulcan Hello and Battle of the Binary Stars were an excellent example of Trek's new direction. Number 6. Cause and Effect Star Trek The Next Generation was, in many ways, a straightforward format type of show. Each episode has the teaser, credits, four acts and a coda. By the fifth season, while there had been some changes that the stories required to this format, most episodes could be expected to fall into a certain rhythm. Cause and Effect came along to shatter that to pieces. It manages to take that format and turn it back on itself, using a small amount of story to become one of the best episodes of the overall series. From the poker game, to Geordi entering sickbay, to the arrival to the USS Bozeman, the Enterprise-D repeats the same events over and over. This sounds like the pitch for an episode that is purely designed to save a bit of cash. It could also have sunk in front of an audience, but the insistence to film each segment separately rather than simply repeating scenes over and over helps the audience understand that the crew is starting to realise that something is up. It's always fun to see the hero ships destroyed, as long as there's no long-term consequences from this, so the episode was an absolute gift for the most bloodthirsty fans as well. Number 5. Far Beyond the Stars Far Beyond the Stars is quintessential Star Trek, even if it seems to be an insert from a completely different show. Depicting the main cast out of makeup and prosthetics invites your audience in on the joke right away. Underneath the gnashing teeth and ample lobes, there are all human beings at the end of the day. That's one of the main themes of this episode. Sisko's begun to sink into doubt as to the Dominion War and his part in it, even considering throwing in the towel. The prophets send him a vision to remind him of the struggles that laid the path for him to get where he ended up. Stepping back for a moment, the writers of the episode could easily have used an in-universe First vision to help him get back on track. Instead, the main cast play a group of struggling science fiction writers from the 1950s. This was Star Trek dealing with one thing head-on, racism. Much of Trek works on allegory, using its sci-fi backdrop to tell morality plays. This episode is very different. There's no subtext here. Everything is text. It remains as challenging an episode today as it was on initial release, showing a man broken by systemic racism told in the context of a show with phasers and transporters. Number 4. Plato's Stepchildren 
While it wasn't the first time that an interracial kiss had ever been seen on American television, Plato's stepchildren was definitely a move against the norm in broadcasting standards. The stories that Nichelle Nichols and William Shatner continually flubbed the takes that required them not to kiss, or that the episode received tons of hate mail, all have their truths. Star Trek did an awful lot to advance, as much as it could, civil issues that affected America at the time. The country was in the grip of the Cold War, and the Enterprise had a Russian navigator. Asian Americans had been rounded up and sent to internment camps, yet George Takei, a former resident of one such camp, was the ship's pilot. But the 60s could be defined by the struggle for black civil rights, so showing Uhura and Kirk, two lead characters kissing, was a big statement at the time. The details in the episode hardly seem relevant today, especially as they were forced into the kiss by the Platonians. But even approaching the topic was almost taboo. There have been precious few episodes of television before that had attempted it, but it went down in history for its efforts. Number 3. In the Pale Moonlight Star Trek broke the fourth wall for the first time in Deep Space Nine's seminal episode In the Pale Moonlight. While there were events that certainly tipped the hat and gave a wink to the audience along the way, this was the first time that the show had ever explicitly addressed the audience. It manages to do so while still keeping the characters in the confines of the narrative. Sisko's logs are among the darkest that we've ever heard a Starfleet captain record. While Kirk, Picard and Janeway had all struggled with tough decisions along the way, Sisko here seems to offer his soul to the audience to judge. What's more than that, Star Trek had always, at its heart, attempted to skew toward positive and upbeat messages. Sisko openly states, at the episode's close, that despite the wicked things he's been involved with, despite becoming an accessory to murder, he feels justified in his actions. His final words, ordering the computer to delete the entire log he had just recorded, is this episode making sure that the audience knows that, while a soul has been bared for them to judge, after all is said and done, Sisko doesn't need their blessing. Number 2. Rejoined in 1996, same-sex relationships were not the norm on television. Therefore, Terry Farrell and Susanna Thompson's kiss in this fourth season episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine was almost as controversial then as the interracial kiss had been in the 60s. In fact, some stations along the Bible Belt in America refused to air the episode unedited, opting to remove the scene altogether. In a way, the fear around the episode was judging it to be something that it wasn't. While no one was ignorant to the fact that two women kissing on television was a statement in itself, the episode was actually targeting the idea idea of taking societal taboos as a whole. In Trill society, the issue is not that Jadzia and Lanara are female, but rather that they're current hosts and they should never rekindle the relationships that former hosts had. Looking at this episode, not one character mentions the fact that they are two women who share these feelings for each other. The only advice that Sisko gives his old friend is to be aware of the damage it can do based on the aforementioned Trill's views. This episode managed to take a same-sex pairing and turn it into another issue altogether for the mid-90s this was particularly bold. Number 1. If Memory Serves if Memory Serves is a second season episode of Star Trek Discovery, which begins with a previously on Star Trek montage. Now, while there have been plenty of previously ons in Star Trek's history, one thing that it generally stuck to a simple rule. The character is played by the current actor. Now, what this means is that for the first time on television, Star Trek showed two different established main actors playing the same role, albeit more than 50 years apart. Jeffrey Hunter appears via archive footage as Captain Pike, Anson Mount, 
then plays Pike in the episode proper. This was the series openly speaking to the audience, knowing full well that Mount had not played the role in the cage. This differs from the original series episode The Menagerie, which featured Sean Kenny playing the role, as he was covered in so much prosthetic makeup, it didn't really make a difference. Recasting wasn't something new to the franchise, but showing both versions together, one after the other, was asking the audience to simply accept that, in the world of television, sometimes you can have two different people playing the same role, and it doesn't upset the balance of nature. The only thing missing from the episode was a photo of Bruce Greenwood or Sean Kenny, and the set would have been complete. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.